Welcome to the Starting Point Podcast, a podcast from the Point Community Church. For those wanting to learn more information about our church, the Point Community Church is a family of servants learning to know Jesus and to love Jesus so that we might live for Jesus and join Him on His mission. The Point Community Church is located in the heart of Frankfort, Kentucky. And for more information about us, you can visit us at our website, thepointcommunity.net. Well, hello and welcome to this episode, episode six of the Starting Point Podcast. We are here. We're, um, we said we were going to set out to do six and we were going to do at least six. So here we are. Um, I am Andy Lawrence and it's my joy and privilege um, to get to serve as one of the pastors of the Point Community Church, a church that I dearly love, um, getting to do my dream job and a dream church. And so I so much um, love that. Um, I am joined today, as always, with uh, Mr. Bo Craycraft, who is serving us as host, moderator, producer of the Starting Point podcast. Bo, how are you today? Doing great. Good to see you, friend. Thank you for joining with us. And Bo and I are joined today by Stephen and Heather Small. And the Smalls lead and host one of our Point community groups. And around here, we call those PCGs for short. So when you hear somebody talking about PCG, that is a Point Community Group, and Smalls, thank you all for joining with us. It's good to have you. Hey there, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right. Are you ready to get going? Let's get going. All right, let's do it. So, episode five, we talked about how the gospel gives us a new identity, mm-hmm. and we talked about how this new identity um, gives us new actions and new rhythms in our day-to-day and we talked about how um, they also identify and define what we are to do as believers. Um, when we talk, and when we talked about the church, we talked we had talked about how we've identified four kind of key or core gospel identities: that we are learners, that we are a family, we are servants, and we are missionaries. Now, Andy, we uh, we have three of them left to define. Uh, we only got through learners on episode five, so you know the question is, can we get through this uh, all three in episode six? Um, but do you want to kick us off here and maybe start with some definitions? Absolutely. I mean, there could be a episode six B, but hopefully not. Hopefully, we're going to get through this in a in a timely fashion. But I absolutely love talking about our gospel identities. Um, it is it's just so helpful. I think just the framework behind it was helpful years ago when we heard. Um, the folks at Soma Church just kind of define that as identities, as seeing that as who the gospel makes us to be, which declares what we are to do, and so it's just helpful. But last, um, last in last episode, we covered learner, and what we say here is that we say learner is that we are followers of Jesus who are learning to obey His teachings. And seeing his teachings as a way of life, we could even say. And so last time we, I think we sufficiently covered learner. Um, So let's move on. Um, The next one is that we are family. That we are the adopted children of God who live and care for each other as family. I mean, that's the language that the New Testament uses. It's the language of adoption. Um, Romans 8 covers this. We've been given the spirit of adoption. We can think about even as 1 Peter, as you um, once were, were outside of, what he's saying, it's the people, the family of God, and now you're brought inside, um, and so you're inside of this f- inside of this family. Whenever the disciples go to Jesus and they ask Jesus, say, Jesus, teach us to pray, Jesus says, pray like this, our Father, 
gosh, that's so powerful. I mean, before in the in the Old Testament, they would have never referred to God as their father. I mean, even though he refers to Israel as as his sons, but it's different. It's this level of intimacy that we're afforded because of the finished work of Jesus and the infilling of the Spirit that we have. Now, let me just say this um, in the beginning, just maybe a word of warning. Don't when you hear us talking about the church's family, don't superimpose your experiences, good or bad, of family on the church family. I mean, the truth is, is um, there's so many people that have been hurt by their family that have um, warped and estranged and strange relationships with their families, um, with their families of origin. Their family isn't a pleasant thought for so many people, but you can't superimpose that on the church. So what we like to say here is we want to be the very best things about family. We want to be that. Um, we want to st- We want to strive to think of each other not just as strangers that gather together for a service or that belong to the same church, but we want to see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ because that's who we are. I mean, think about that Romans 12 passage, and I think maybe in every episode Romans 12 has come up. I mean, it's such a formative text for us. Acts 2 and Romans 12 are formative around here, but in that, even in that Romans 12 passage, Paul says that we are to love one another with a brotherly affection. I mean, that's true. We're to love each other as, as brothers and sisters should love each other and see each other in that. So whenever we see somebody in the church who's in need, it's not just, hey, this person in my church has a need, but it's, hey, this, my brother, my sister, they're in need. I mean, it's, it, it really speaks to the, the level of care and concern, the depth of affection that we really want to have for each other. Um, the other thing I can say, I have, I have siblings, um, blood, flesh and blood siblings, and I know this, that, um, that, that, that the way that even we fight, like, like you don't fight with your brother. Hopefully you don't, I should say. Again, I'm superimposing my experiences somewhat to the good, that my brother has always been much bigger than I am, but even when we were kids and we would get in a fight, he wouldn't fight me like he would fight a bully on the playground. Like he kind of held some back because I was his brother, and the same thing's true for us, even when we get tangled up. We even want to get tangled up as brothers and sisters get tangled up. Um, The next one is servants. We are servants. We are servants of Jesus who serve him by serving others as a way of life. Um, In John 13, what we see is we see Jesus. He's just hours away from the cross. Jesus gathers his disciples disciples together in an upper, upper room. They're about to celebrate the Passover meal together. He's going to institute the Lord's Supper. Moments before that, what Jesus, Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God, what he does is he takes off his outer robe. He hangs it up. He wraps a servant's towel around him. He pours a basin full of water and grabs a pitcher and kneels down to each of his disciples, including even Judas Iscariot, and he washes their feet. Mm. It's a picture of servant of him being a servant. And Jesus says in that, you see the way that I'm serving you? Now I want you, my disciples, I want you to serve each other like this. Servanthood flows from the gospel. The cross is the greatest sacrificial display of servanthood that the world has ever seen. When we think about the perfect, eternal God incarnate, Jesus Christ, as he comes down takes on the very, the very attitude and the very nature of a servant, and he serves us. Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 2. 
He encourages the church by saying if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and any sympathy, then do this. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I mean, that's long. That's 11 verses, but it's like hard to break. Like, where are you even going to stop in that? But what Paul teaches there is, is being a servant is a mindset. It's the mind of Christ, and we have that mind, which is yours in Christ Jesus. If you are a believer, then the Spirit has made you new, and you carry with you this new identity. And part of that identity is you are a servant. And lastly, we talk about being missionaries. We are missionaries sent by Jesus and empowered by His Spirit to declare the gospel and to make disciples. Now, many of us grew up in traditions where missionaries were people that left left your homeland and went into foreign countries and you, you know, built churches and did things and planted churches and shared the gospel. And those are all right and those are all true, but here's what here's what we believe the Bible teaches us in the New Testament. Every Christian is a missionary. We all have been sent by Jesus for Jesus, on Jesus' mission. When Jesus gathers disciples up moments before he's going to ascend on high to a throne, receive a crown, be given that name that Paul's just talked about in Philippians 2, before he gets there, he gathers his disciples together and he tells his disciples, he gives them this mission, gives them this command. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the ends of the age. Every Christian is a missionary. Some may leave and may go, go serve Jesus on, on different foreign soil. Some of, some of us will stay right here in our own hometown. But it's an identity with which we need to see ourselves. And we encourage that. We encourage our people to live on mission. We want our people, if you're listening to this, we want you we want you to engage your culture. We want you to engage your neighborhood. We want you to engage your neighbors, your workplace, your friends, your leisurely activities, all of that. Engage them with the gospel. To be intentional in living out your faith and sharing your faith, verbalizing your faith, and inviting people into the family of God. Like why one of the one of our one of our approaches to what we would say is is to the preaching the gospel and living um, in community with one another as the family of God and living on mission is is we kind of see it like a like a rope. So if you take a a, a a string, that string in and of itself is kind of weak. But if you were to braid three of those strands of string together, now you've got like a now you've got something substantial. Now you've got a rope. And sometimes we picture that, that like three strands of rope, our approach to the mission 
It involves these three elements, the element of building relationships, build relationships, be real with people, build friendships with people, learn to serve people, learn to love people with genuine and true affection, share the gospel, verbalize the gospel. That's so, that's so important. Some people say, you know, um, share the gospel and if necessary, use words. Well, Romans 10 says that's impossible. That sharing the gospel is not something that we can just act out. Now, there are ways that we can, that we can live that can ease that. There's ways that we can um, put the gospel on display, but ultimately we've got to preach, we've got to teach, we've got to share the gospel. So we want to share the gospel. We want to build relationships, and we want to introduce people back into, into family. Like We believe that's what people are hungry for. And so our approach looks like that. It looks living out the gospel, inviting others in to participate in that. Well, you covered a lot of ground there. Um, it was a ton of I'm ground. pretty impressed. It was that a lot. Uh, you know, last week on episode five, or sorry, not last week. It was last week when we recorded it. But uh, episode five, you know, you and Derek talked a lot about how learner, uh, that identity is expressed here at the Point Community Church, you know, both in a day-to-day, but also on Sunday mornings. You know, h- how do you see these other three identities being expressed in our church? Yeah, I think... Um, that, that's so important. Like, we want people to see themselves as disciples living like this. So it's not just what you do when you're here on this ground, but it's how you live as a disciple of Christ. It's what, it's what being a Christian really means. But we want them to be expressed in, 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 um, in, in vivid ways, in obvious ways when we come together. So certainly, like, if you take a bunch of missionaries and get together— like, we're going to act a certain way. So if you gather a bunch of learners and some family and servants and missionaries, we get all together, like, yeah, there's some ways that we should um, act, and we do want to express those when we come together on a Sunday morning. So last in the last episode, we talked a ton about how learner is expressed for us on Sunday mornings through the way that we preach and teach and um, the way that we approach the Bible and the way that we sing and the way that we do Kids Point classes, like all of those things. It's We're, we're thinking through that as we are learners, and we need to be teaching teaching people to to follow Jesus and to love Jesus and to obey Jesus. And so the others for us on Sunday morning would look like, I think as we come together, it is the attitude of a family. But it's also like, as Paul says, we're to welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Like the, our, the way that we show hospitality, that hospitality is really, it should be a, a unique virtue within and an action within the Christian community. And so we should we should approach people as, hey, this this person's my could be my brother and could be my sister, and so I want to approach them in such a way. Like we want to we want in some ways we want the Sunday morning gathering to feel like a a, a family reunion. I mean, every Sunday morning we're ha- we're having a family reunion as we come together, and family reunions sometimes feel awkward because you don't know everybody that you're related to, and you're trying to get each other, and you haven't seen each other in a while, and it should have that certain element and that feel to it. As servants, um, we, we serve each other. And what that looks like on Sunday morning is there are serve teams that are necessary for us in order for us to have a Sunday morning gathering. We have to have people working with, uh, with our kids and teaching our kids and discipling our children. We've got to have folks that provide security. We have um, pre-COVID, we had a cafe. 
Hopefully, we'll someday we'll be able to bring that back. But we had a cafe where we serve coffee and donuts as a as to provide a place for people to welcome one another and show hospitality as a service to our families. So you're getting out the door and you're trying to get two shoes on each kid's feet and bringing them in and getting all that. And so you know, hey, don't worry about breakfast. Breakfast is on us. It's like what we like to say. We're going to feed them a nutritional donut. Here you are, and some coffee. There you be. Um, sometimes, occasionally, we have fruit. I should add, but. Nevertheless, and so there are serve teams for people to serve on, um, worship teams, security teams, kids point teams, uh, greeters, cafe, and there's other places within the church that you can serve, but those are the Sunday, the ones that come to mind on Sunday morning. And then we also want to think of ourselves as missionaries, both inviting people into the Sunday morning gathering as well as what I, I like to say is picking the low-hanging fruit people will accidentally find us and come in. And so, again, in how we, sh- how, how we show hospitality and welcome to people, but also it's a great time for you to invite people into your community group. I would say Sunday mornings are a good way in which we express our identities, but if I had to pick a way where they're lived out best, I would say it's in our community groups. Now, you know, you talked a lot about Sunday morning, serve teams, um, you know, cafe, but like outside of Sunday, we're not a super you know program church as far as activities and tuesday night wednesday night thursday night um but that's intentional as well oh absolutely i think yeah i would say most people um it's i'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people they some people are looking for that they're looking for or maybe that's their past churches are looking for a heavily pro programmatic church um like you said a lot of people grew up in churches where you went to church on sunday morning you went to sunday school um, then you went to church service, actual church service, and then uh, Sunday night was training union. Like I hope some of you out there, you, you know what training union is. And then after training union, you had Sunday night church. Then you had, you know, Monday night was choir practice, and Tuesday night was youth, and Wednesday night was prayer meeting, and, you know, and so on and so on it went. And like I said, there were heavily programmatic churches or maybe... There were other good community services that the church provided. They were do, 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 and they were constantly calling people out of their homes, out of their neighborhoods, and to this place, this building that is a church where we can do ministry from. And certainly we see our building as a launching pad for ministry, but the ministry that we want to see happen is happening in people's homes, in their neighborhoods. Like, that's what we really want to see. And so we're not a heavily programmatic church. But we're not heavily programmatic on purpose. Is we don't we don't want people here inside of this building five days a week, um, eating up all their time where they can't be in their they can't be in their in their homes, getting to know their neighbors, serving their neighbors, serving their community, serving the people around them. And so we're not programmatic in that way. We want to we we say each week, and it's part of that missionary identity. We say now go be the church. Like, we want you to go and be learner, family, servants, and missionary in your home, in your places of work, building relationships, loving on people. I mean, so that's why, uh, that's, what we're, that's what we're looking for. That's what we're after. Well, we're 18 minutes in, and we haven't even let our guests speak. Sorry. A lot of monologue today. <laughs> we cover a lot of ground. I mean, that's a lot. We did. And so let's, let's spend the rest of our time really kind of digging in and, and teasing out what the Point Community Group, you know, um, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of, but yeah, what, what our that model looks, looks like. like yeah, yeah, and our identity. And Let's so, do that. So, you know, Stephen, we'll start with you, and then you can kick it over to Heather. But uh, 
how do you, you know, in your, in your specific community group, how do you guys see those identities of, you know, family, servant, missionary being expressed in your, your community group? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like that's something that happens organically, really, in the kind of the regular rhythms of RPCG. And, um, you know, so first we're learners, you know, every week we study, discuss, and apply a text of scripture. You know, usually that comes from Sunday's sermon text, just to give us a chance to go back through that. And the purpose of that is not necessarily just to have another Bible study, but rather to have a discussion of real life application. And so we, you know, we share where we struggle to apply the gospel to our lives, um, ways that we found to you know, help apply that um, and to let that really have an impact on us. Um, we use this opportunity to disciple and to encourage each other with an emphasis on moving people from being passive listeners to active doers of the word. Um, you know, and in the past, we've had people join our PCG who are not yet believers, but through hearing the gospel and how it applies to our personal lives, they've come to know Jesus. So, um, Our second identity is family. And pre-COVID, we would make a meal together and kind of do potluck style. But post-COVID, everyone just brings their own meal and we still eat together because there's an intimacy in sharing a meal that draws us together as a family. And we celebrate with each other. As uh, Romans twelve fifteen says, we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. We pray for each other. Our PCG isn't a meeting, but it's people. It's not a meeting on Wednesday, but it's the families that we're meeting with. We're friends. We text each other, call each other, share what we're going through that week. Um, we celebrate holidays together. We meet for breakfast before the Sunday morning gathering, and our kids are growing up together. Um, in all of this, we are modeling what it looks like to be the church. What about opportunities? I find that the PCGs kind of give opportunity to to go deeper, especially when it comes to learner and family. Do you all find that? Like, is there opportunities that, to be had um, outside of maybe outside of that that meeting, that PCG gathering that you have where you can like further build relationships and also discipleship? I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I meet with the guys in our PCG outside of the PCG for Bible study specifically, you know, getting gathering on the Word, um, but also just for other everyday, like, fun things, you know, whether that's, you know, going to the range or, you know, whatever, you know, cooking out. Um, you know, we try to build those relationships outside of PCG. You know, these are people that I want to spend time with. I know, you know, in the case of my wife, you know, she has other ladies that she'll meet and run with, you know? Yeah. And so it's almost like they're having a 6 a.m. PCG as they run a couple miles, which sounds insane to me, but they seem to enjoy it, you know? So I do think that you're right. It creates these natural rhythms. And I know in my community group, you know, it's nothing for me to text and, hey, do you want to go down to Buddy's and grab a slice of pizza? And you end up having some kind of spiritual conversation either about Sunday morning or you know, something that's going on in your own particular life and you're just comfortable enough to share, you know, because you're doing that together, so to speak. I think that's all, that's so, that's great. You know, as Jesus says, like, in this they will know, so there's outsiders that are going to know that we are his disciples in the way that we love one another. And I know, like, oftentimes our love is is genuine and it's true, but it's almost like that kind of love can sometimes feel exclusive and we have to be careful that our bonds don't get drawn so tight that we don't have space and room to to live for outsiders and inviting more people 
it more people into that to that love? Do you all find that maybe a little uh, a difficult from time to time is to invite new people in, and then and then what happens? Like your PCG gets big, and then right, right, yeah. I know the ladies in our PCG have specifically had conversations where when we have meals after church, we don't sit together. Yeah. It's a you know, just an idea that we had that we sit with other people so that we can get to know other people and not kind of stay in our own bubble because that's where yeah. it's comfortable. Like, I think that's what was happening in Jerusalem in the first century church. Like, again, you got this picture of Acts 2 in Jerusalem, and man, it's it's like our our PCG model. People are coming in, they're devoting themselves to the Bible, the apostles teaching, they're breaking bread together, they're fellowshipping and all of that, but they're kind of holding it dear, they're holding it close to their their heart. And their attitude towards community is it's something to that we got to hold on to. It's something we got to protect instead of it's something no we got to share. We got to open up. And so I think what the Lord does is He sends suffering to Jerusalem and it scatters the church. And I pray that I'll be like, Lord, if you need to scatter us through suffering, like we we submit to that. But I hope that we can just learn from from Acts. I hope that we would just be 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 genuine that our that our attitude whenever it comes to again our 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 identities of learner and family, I hope that we never forget that missionary part, that what we've got here, the love that we have is a love that we want to share. We want to give it to others. We want to invite more people in to witness and to experience what what genuine love and affection for one another, what it feels like. You know, Andy talked about how if we're good learners and we have the proper understanding of the gospel and we're living that out and we can get this the identity of family right, that out of that gospel will flow the service and the missionary. So maybe how can you, can you identify some of that in your own PCG? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking too, even as that, that, that flows naturally, I think. And so, um, you know, when our, our lives are so intertwined as families, we have the privilege of walking with each other through all of good things, all the bad things of life. And um, that's naturally just where we serve each other. So it's this outpouring of love for each other as family and living life together. So, you know, for example, we do things like help each other move. Uh, we watch each other's kids so that, you know, you're, you can go out on a date or whatever. We meet financial me- needs, uh, fix meals when you're sick, hurt, or have a baby. Um, and so those aren't necessarily all bad circumstances, obviously, but they're opportunities for us to love and to support each other in real tangible ways. Um, you know, we've thrown lots of babies and wedding showers, but we've also sat with lots of grieving families at funerals. And so you get kind of this both ends of the spectrum of really just being able to walk with people on a day-to-day basis. I don't know. I think helping people move is a bad circumstance. Personally. <laughs> <laughs> That's an opportunity to weep with those who weep. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It does, it does feel like we do. We have, uh, we, we have plenty of opportunity to help people move. That is that's a, that's a service that we I think that has to do with all the baby showers that they just talked about because <laughs> people keep had growing. Lots of both of those. So. <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. I know just recently at my the community group that my wife and I that we we lead, you know, we were going around the room. How can we pray? That's kind of you know. How can we pray for one another? And each family has a moment where they get to share. Like here's what's going on in our lives. And so so many times it's so it's so close together. I'm uh, reminded of the Rich Mullen song in that he says that uh, this our hells and our heavens are so few inches apart. And sometimes even our family experiences are such. Like we had one family that literally was sharing their heart, um, and they were sharing that you know this this is what's been going on, and um, you know 
this person's got cancer and just heavy, heavy. And we literally felt ourselves, you know, weeping with those who weep. And then the next family was like, oh, you know, here's what's happening. It was like a, a, they just got engaged. So it's a moment, no, like, and they, they felt bad about sharing. Well, okay. It's like, no, that doesn't break the mood. Like, well, this is what we get to do. We get to weep with those who weep and we rejoice with those who rejoice. And sometimes, you know, that it's just right there in a community group, you're experiencing um, opportunities such as that. Uh, I, I say this, that this is the undercurrent of our church. The Point Community Groups is the undercurrent of our church. That I, I've pastored the Point Community Church at the moment of this. Um, I've been one of the pastors here for, for 10 plus years now. And I've seen lots of people come and go. Most people that come to our church, try it out for a while and leave, they never got plugged into a community group. And they'll leave and their excuse will be, why well, I just never felt like I fit in or I couldn't make friendships. And I would say, did you go to one of our community groups? Did you try a couple of our... Co- no, you know, it just felt weird going to somebody's home or no, just never... And I'm like, well, that's why you never felt connected because it's the connection point. It's the place where we connect is in our community groups. And if you grew up in a Sunday school model or if you grew up outside of the church, it may feel weird, but it's 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 the place where you get connected. It really is. It's... um. I think for a lot of people, it's what's missing in their lives. I'll just be honest. Yeah, like uh, it's it's the place. I, I love how you said, Stephen, how it we we really study on on not just the doctrine, not just the formal things, but how to be Christians in this. Like, um, and and it is that place. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about missionaries for a second. Yeah, that is the hardest one for me. Um, our PCG has what we call multiplied. That's right. Three times in the last eight years, and as Pastor Andy always says, it is a joy ache because it means that our group has become such a large family that in order to keep the intimacy and accountability, we need to form two smaller groups instead of one larger group. This also allows us to bring in new families in order to disciple, love, and serve them. And our hope in doing that is that we will raise up new leaders who can then go form groups of their own and start the process all over again. Of course, that doesn't mean that we just stop loving and serving with all of the families that we've been in PCG with. In fact, some of the families from our very first group are our closest of friends. Um, We can see the success from these missionary efforts when we look around on Sunday morning and can see not only close-knit groups scattered around the sanctuary, but also feel that unmistakable bond and closeness that envelops the entire body. Um, Another way that we can be missionaries as a PCG is by serving outside of the church together. We've done things like meeting a a physical need, such as providing a meal to a local BCM or helping a single parent with Christmas. And we've also hosted neighborhood cookouts in an effort to get to know our neighbors and invite them to be a part of our community. It's fantastic. That's that. I've got like the pastor pride glow, like in a good way, not bad way, but that's it. That's what we want to be. And that's what we're striving to do. I, I, the same way, uh, as soon as like we feel super comfortable in one of our our community groups on the on the drive home, Luna will say, "Well, I guess we'll be leaving soon." <laughs> yep, we're going to be leaving soon. And so I know the community group that you guys lead now, you were sent out of another community group to start that community group. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, you've you've spent you've been a part of three, and we say that they're multiplications. You know, some people say, hey, our community group's getting ready to split. No, it's not going to split. Like in our context, split has negative connotations, but it's going to multiply. This is a missional thing. This is a good thing, and uh, it is a joy and an ache. It absolutely is a joy and an ache, but we're constantly making room 
for new people as we grow. But I think one of the things that, you know, there's a lie that when it does multiply and it does become two instead of one, there's this lie that you're going to lose those relationships. And yeah. I think we should really highlight that, you know, Heather said, those are some of still our best relationships. Yeah. And I think we can become so comfortable. You know, you talked about Jerusalem. We can become so comfortable and we hold so tight that we're believing a lie that we can't, that something new can't be right. just as beautiful. That's right. And that new relationships can't edify us just as much as the ones that we have. And so, you know, the ladies that my wife runs with aren't in our PCG currently, but it still operates like one. They're still family. They're still doing things together, but it does allow for that room. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but we're just a little over 30 <laughs> minutes in and, you know. We did it. We did it. No need for 6B. No need for 6B. No need. Let's talk about a few tangible things, uh, practical things, since this is the Starting Point podcast and this is... By and large, we um, launched this for folks who want to know more information about the Point Community Church in an effort to become a member. And so let me talk about how do, I, how do you become a formal member of the Point Community Church? And then also, how do you get plugged into a community group? Like we've talked about community groups, and maybe you'd like to know information about community groups. And, and the best way to do that is just to initiate, initiate conversation. Let us know if you've listened to this and say, hey, I want more information about community groups. And you can do that by sending um, sending an email to the elders. And the elders, we share an email together. It's called, it's just elders at thepointcommunity.net. And if you send an email there, um, all of the elders receive that. And then one of the elders will follow up with you. So if you want to become a formal member, as I said before, that we do have a a shared Google Drive, and I can send out more information, a kind of a shared file folder where in that we have the covenant. So the next step for you in becoming a member, after you've listened to these six episodes, you say, hey, I want to be a member. I want to join, formally join, make covenant with this church. Then we'll send that covenant, review that covenant. And then after you review that, say, hey, we're ready to meet. The next step would be is um, some sort of meeting with an elder. And it's... it's um, it's just a meet, it's an opportunity for us to hear your story. So we want to hear how how did you become a Christian? How did you, what church did you grow up in? Like we want to want to hear those kinds of questions. Or maybe you didn't grow up in a church. Maybe you're new to a church, and you can share that. Like don't think that's somehow a prerequisite. It's not at all. Um, in fact, if you didn't grow up in a church, you may be ahead of the curve. The truth is, and so we want to we want to know more, just about your life, like where you are with Jesus, and have an opportunity for you to hear our story and for you to have a connection with one of the elders. Like we want to be approachable people. And so that gives that opens up the door. And then if you sign that um, covenant, then you will receive that at that time. And then we will um, let you know in upcoming in a gathering, we'll announce the new members and we'll say, hey, so-and-so is a new member. And so that's next steps for that. Um, If you want, like I said, if you want to become a member of a, if you want to join a community group, um, they're just now post, you know, in in the midst of COVID. We're not post-COVID, hear that. We're not post-COVID, but in the midst of it, we're figuring out ways for us to meet. They certainly have challenges. We have to keep our groups smaller. But if you'd like to check out one of our community groups, again, elders at thepointcommunity.net, and we will send your information to a community group. I say this often that probably the first time you go, it's going to feel really awkward. So go ahead and say, hey, I'm going to go for a couple of weeks. Most of our community groups meet every other week. 
um, not every week, but every other week. And so you maybe give it a month. And then after that, though, it's no hurt, no hard feelings, no hurt feelings. Just say, hey, you know, I'm going to check out. And I say this, all, hey, check out all of our community groups until you find the one that feels like you made connections there, made friendships there, and say, hey, I can see myself seeing these people as as family. And so we, our community groups are are multi-generational. Um, it's not that we have a community group for for the young marrieds and we have a community group for the singles and we have like we think that again a picture of family is we need each other and so I need people that are a little bit ahead of me and they're they're not quite where where I where I am yet as well and and so I know that some of the richest relationships I have are by people that are in both of those situations uh, folks that have now that are now empty nesters because um, you're kind of heading tracking toward that. Um, and then also we need people that are, you know, um, young married couples that we can speak into their marriage and into their lives. And so we want our community groups to to, to be a picture of that as well. So that's how to get connected at this point. Post this and say, hey, um, send out an email and one of us will follow up as quickly as we can with you. So that's um, that. That's that. Let me leave you with... Um, with this, let's let's maybe close out all of this with um, with this. Jesus says, "A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another, and by this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another." May we be a church that loves Jesus and His Word, and loves each other with true and deep and real affections. So as Pastor Derek has the opportunity to say almost every Sunday, now go be the church. You've been listening to an episode of the Starting Point Podcast, a podcast where we talk about the distinctives of the Point Community Church. For more information about our church, you can visit us at thepointcommunity.net. Now go and be the church.